You're listening to Work Tape, episode 12. Welcome to Work Tape Podcast. My name is Isaac Grover. I am your host, and with me is a guest. Hello, I am Gregorio Jimenez. Yes, he is an audio nerd. Just and a little bit. Among other things, right? I mean, I do audio. I do. Uh, how do I explain this? So I do filmmaking and I do audio work. Um, I've done live audio engineering, music production, audio recording, um, mixing, mastering. And then I've also done like cinematography, sound design, a bunch of other stuff. Pretty much everything. Uh, I wouldn't say everything. Like I'm not like the biggest. What do you call it? Jack of all trades. Like there are definitely certain things that I specialize in that I like. And there are things that I would like never do. Yeah. Cool. Chill. So yeah, dude, um, you've been working on some projects lately? Yeah. So um, I'm not allowed to talk about some of them. Some of them I can, but um, I know an independent artist. I think he's like doing like some West Coast hip hop type stuff, kind of gospel parody type stuff. Uh, I can talk about it maybe after it's been released. Yeah. But it might be in the next year or two, maybe three that it gets released. Uh, I think the world's going to be blown up by then. Oh, I mean, I heard that the Doomsday Clock still gives us like 10 years, right? <laughs> I mean, aren't they still supposed to roll out that New World Order? <laughs> oh, man, I have no idea about that. But I mean, I've been helping him track like vocals and drums. Like I actually just recorded drums for him this morning. Uh, I'm not supposed to be talking about it too much because I agreed with him like not to do too much because he's trying to keep it like kind of low key and whatnot. So what's some of the gear that you use to produce? I mean, you can at least tell us that, right? Yeah, I mean, he recorded... The majority of the instruments and vocals on his Apollo Twin. He has this um, Antelope Audio Twin or double like microphone. And he uses different like emulations of different microphones. Kind of like the uh, the Slate Digital. Was it Slate? Kind of like the Slate Digital, yeah. Slate Digital, yeah. But we were having issues with it last time we tried recording. So instead we used the Paluso U, no, the P67 mm-hmm. to record his vocals last week. And he said that that he really enjoyed the way that it sounded. It's not his favorite. Like he prefers using his Antelope audio mic. But the flexibility that he got with it, he said he really liked. And then, um, what do you call it? We tried mixing some of his tracks in Pro Tools using like a C24 controller and a right. P, uh, no, not PV, PMC monitors and stuff like that in a well-sound treated room. But um, he really wants to try to mix on headphones and then see what it sounds like on stuff. So like we're trying out a bunch of different things. And then this morning when we recorded drums, we recorded into an Avid S6L or Venue S6L console. And then we recorded that using like a bunch of like different microphones. We didn't just use like one system. And then we use like this Japanese microphone that kind of looks like a little golden like inflated tortilla. Okay. For like, like uh, tortillas and tacos and yeah. all that jazz. It looks like this like, or we use that for like a rhythm, for like an exciter type mic. It was sitting right on top of the kick and omnidirectional picking up everything. Yeah. How did that sound? I thought it was really cool. And this wasn't at your place, was it? This no, was this was actually a- at Centerpoint, the church. Ah, We right. actually talked to Ryland, who's the new head of production there. He actually gave us permission because of Brian, who was, was playing Was he the dude there. with the beard? I don't know. So... Brian, yeah, there was another Brian. Remember, I think that's the guy you're thinking of, the guy with the beard, probably him, the bigger yeah. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, Ryland is the new Brian. Gotcha. Yeah. So that happened, 
And then, oh, we were using that. I forgot what we were using on the snare. Mm-hmm. I think on the kick, we had like one of the Audix kick drum mics or the Audix kick drum mic. I forgot what it's called. Was this the room that we were in like the other day, right? That was like a year or two ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, actually, it was on the other one, the main camp, the Got main it. room. So yeah. we were in the basically like a side stage or like a side room. Was it like by the green room? I don't remember. It, okay. But it's the main sanctuary. But you said where it was treated. Yeah, you said it was treated. So it that was... room was treated. Yeah. And then that's where we recorded drums, but it's more treated for live. Right. But we did put up gobos and isolate the room mm-hmm. and mostly use dynamics or dynamic microphones to kind of only get the attack or a lot of like the feel. And then one of the things that surprised me was that we actually used the sub mic, which is like this big round microphone that was like pretty close to the kick. And we were using that to get a lot of the low frequencies. And that kind of made the kick sound huge. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure you guys had a ton of 57s on hand, right? No, we actually really? used like a Beta 58 instead, I think. Okay, well, that's still pretty um DIY. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I can double check the full setup maybe for next time. Okay. But that's what we did there. Um, When we tried recording yesterday, not yesterday, like two, three days ago, Monday, I had done like a full like 12 mic setup for like room mics, exciters, and then like individually mic like each Tom and everything too. But like we didn't really do that here since they already had everything like pre-miked. Right. At least we scratched the room mics, but we still had overheads and we still had individual Tom mics and everything. But we didn't have like the exciters and stuff like that. Except for the one that was like in the middle. I think they nicknamed it the crotch mic or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Very properly named. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for talking a lot. No, no. I mean, this is important. I mean, I asked you your methods and kind of how you guys were trying to get that particular sound, which you're talking about. And you, you say you don't really discriminate with the gear that you use, right? No, not at all. So like, um, I love, I think we talked about this. I love using cheap, random, and sometimes borderline even crappy mics. Right. Because I feel like sometimes they have like this edge to them or like this grittiness. And sometimes it's really cool. Like, for example, I have a collection of MXL mics. I used to hate MXL mics back when I was super into ah. like high-end gear. But now that I've been doing a lot more like, like indie Neumann? stuff. Dude, I love Neumann and Neumann rebuilds of stuff. I'm actually working on a few rebuilds myself, but um, okay. like little by little, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're great budget-friendly stuff and then pretty good to like get started. They're not amazing high-quality mics. Like, you know, for the same price of like an MXL, you could probably get like an SM57 and like a cloud lifter. Yeah. And you can already do enough damage with that. Yeah, literally. Because you have it. Literally my signal chain right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. But um, I mean, that's the thing. Like you could pick up an SM57 for like 40 bucks and get a cloud lifter for like 75 or 100 on Craigslist. And that's like at a minimum, like 130 something dollars plus oh, right. or minus shipping. You know? Also my mistake. I'm using the SM7, not the 57, but I do have it in the cabinet. Hey, Ready to go. go. And here's the thing. That's a way more versatile mic than anything. But talking about cheap mics. Like, Dude, the 57. The 57 is, is super versatile. A lot of people will say that it's quote unquote like an unsung hero of like the music industry. Even though everybody knows it and everybody uses it, if you think about it. Yeah. So it's not really like an unsung hero. But they're also durable as heck. Maybe something can be overrated for particular reasons while also being underrated. I guess, yeah. It's like, I don't know, like Jimi Hendrix, you know, you could say he's an overrated guitarist, but maybe he's a very underrated, I don't know, let's say he was a sound tech. I don't know if he was. Maybe he was. But let's let's say he was great at sound tech. Then he would be an underrated sound tech if that were the case. Yeah, it happens. So I, mean, I think with the 57, it's the same. It's a similar situation. You know, I think that what you're saying is it is a lot more versatile than people make it out to be. And actually, maybe they limit it too much in certain areas where you're like, no, it's actually a really good mic for this application. 
Yeah. I mean, I've used it on anything from like vocals, strings, brass and stuff like that. And some people are probably like cringing right now at the thought of using it on strings. True. I mean, I've done it both the lower belt of the guitar. Actually, no, like where the neck is. Mm. I learned this from a produce like a pro because, you know, he's pretty cool. But um, you aim the 57 toward the front of the guitar. Like the tone hole? Away from the tone hole, but oh, okay, toward okay. The, the bottom part, toward the neck, where the neck yeah. and the, uh, the body meet toward the meat of the guitar, the yeah. wood part. Sorry, the whole thing's wood. But you get what I'm saying? That lower panel. Just north of the hole? Yeah, no, actually, uh, yeah, just a little bit to the side of the hole toward your uh, your left leg if you're a right-handed guitarist, um, where your your left arm would be. And so you aim it toward there or you aim it right. Yes, you do 12 and 14. Everyone talks about that 12 and 14th fret, but you kind of slant it a little bit. I mean, a lot of people love recording stereo for their guitars. Yeah, I think we we're talking about this a little bit off air. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, depending on the guitar and like what I'm doing, like there's a couple different ways that I would like to mic a guitar. Okay, what so are they? like I really enjoy something similar to like a space player or like an ORTF type thing. Okay, so basically, kind of like one pointing right below the tone hole and another one right above the tone hole, and it kind of like creates like this phantom center right where the tone hole is. Right in the middle of like your space. And that kind of gives you like this really cool stereo, but also semi mono feeling like right at the center. Oh, okay. Yeah. Another way that I like doing it sometimes is, um, especially if you're going to be down mixing to mono, or if you know people are going to be playing your music, like in mono is just doing like a mid side type thing. Right. So you put like a bi-directional mic and then a cardioid facing right into it. It's a little bit weird, but. I mean, is it weird if you get the result? Yes and no, because the problem is that the bi-directional mic basically mostly gets room, if you think about it. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it also gives you like a nice stereo spread when you're in stereo or when you're in mono. What do you call it? The bi-directional mic basically phases out, cancels itself out, and you get just the center part. I still kind of like the effect of having two pencil condensers and they're just kind of like... Oh, like at an XY type thing? Exactly, yeah. Uh, you know, I was telling you off air, I want to invest in a couple of... um. SDC's match stereo set. Yeah. I mean, if you can get another one of these, depending on what your budget is, um, you could probably do like a blum line on it too. Especially like if you're like in a really live room or you want a little bit more room. And depending on how close or far away you put it away from the guitar. Or you could even but pick up... But the pencil has a specific sound. It does. Even over an LDC, which I think large diaphragm are great. The one you're using right now, I think is one of the greatest, especially within its, um, its class. Mm. But it's a great... LDC. I, I don't regret getting it one bit. And I have a 57 and, and that's cool and all, but I definitely want to possibly get, you know, like the 451Bs from AKG. Or... Yeah, I mean, I've got some, I don't, but I think a friend of mine might have like a pair of like um, Sterling, like S151s or something like that. Okay. That's chilling. Yeah. They're like $150 or whatever, but like it's a matched pair of like Sterling pencil condensers. If you want to check them out, I can see if you'll let us borrow them. How do they compare to the KSM-81s? They don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about it like this. Those are actual like pretty good mics. These are like something that you would get to like get started. Gotcha. Can't I find like a matched 57 somewhere, but I have to like figure out? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, you could try to find some online and whatnot. It's really hard right now, especially the way the market is, to get a yeah. matched pair of uh, microphones. Yeah, and, and I feel like that's kind of on my wish list when, you know, I have other things up and running. I want to invest in a good set. You feel me? Either from Neumann 
Or, you know, Sure's fine. And then maybe uh, AKG. Okay. Um, you're on the OC818. Those are great, but they uh, they came out with the CC8, Austrian Audio. But they felt a little, from what I've listened to so far, right? You know, because it's so much better to, I guess, get them and then return them if they're not what you like. Yeah, you can say that they're quote-unquote not working, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right? Like, oh, these I'm terrible, weren't I'm working. Terrible. Well, technically, they weren't working for what you wanted. So I guess, yeah, sure, true. right? But the CC8s, you know, they sounded good, but they sounded pretty muted uh, compared to the 451Bs from most tests that I listened to. I mean, when it comes to like muted, quote unquote, mics, I guess they're darker, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. A lot of people assume that just because something is brighter, it's cheaper. Oh, yeah. That, that happens all the time. Yeah. Like yeah. my, my AT2035. I mean, think about... Um, it's pretty bright. Yeah. Or like um, the Bluebird or the Blue Spark or yeah. the Blue... You know, all those blue mics are very bright. And a right. lot of people associate that sound with, with it cheapness. being cheap. Yeah. It's kind of like that whole like SoundCloud rap style sound. That whole indie, like, you know, you have very little low end and it's very bright mm-hmm. and borderline gritty, edgy. More cough, sibilant. Cough, very, cough, cough. <laughs> very sibilant. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Sibilance. Yeah. Oh, man. But another thing, too, is like a lot of people say sibilance makes things sound cheap or indie. But have a look at um, Cough, Cough, Panic at the Disco. Um, <laughs> the sibilance in his voice makes his voice pop. Especially like in like the first album. Right. There are some songs in his album where um, the sibilance just makes his voice like stand out. And then there's other ones where like they take away a lot of the sibilance. Right. But his voice still sticks out or like it doesn't. And it still sticks out, but like in a different way. I know what sibilance is, but sometimes I feel like it definitely becomes a very subjective thing from engineer to engineer. Some people are like, well, that's very sibilant. And some are like, no, it's not. But we all know what it means, right? Yeah. But you do need, I guess, with that said, an amount of sibilance for it to sound, how would you say, polished? Like in pop music or, or, you know, I guess the most overproduced rock albums that we've heard, a lot of them are very sibilant. Yeah. Not all of them, but a lot of them are. I mean, yes and no, like my typical (laughs) saying. Uh, But you are correct. Yeah. Every engineer does things like a little bit differently. And that's a lot of like, you know, their own personal experience or like their own style. And that's kind of one of the things that sometimes makes people either stand out or not. Yeah, I agree. Especially like, here's the thing. If everybody is taking away sibilance, I'd say it might be good to add some in. Like screw it, you know, like right. that'll, that could help you develop your own sound, your own style or whatnot, or maybe just help you stand out. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Or the opposite. If everybody has a, like a ton of sibilance, Maybe pull it back a little bit and make it a little bit more muted and maybe a little bit warmer in the mid-sides instead of brighter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's like this whole idea of just going against the grain or going with it type of thing. It really helps when you go against the grain with purpose. Yeah. yeah. But when you don't know what you're doing, sometimes it's cool, but sometimes it's like… Right. It's a hit or miss. Sometimes when you experiment, it really can work out well or… Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're trying to justify it. And then all these outlets are saying your album sucks. But you're like, no, I took an artistic direction with this. It's great because I was different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've been on both sides of that spectrum. <laughs> right. Because um, I'm very experimental with some of my music. You are in a very good way. Well, thank you. But I mean, there are certain things where I'm not as creative in. For example, like I'm not the most well-versed in music theory, even though Yes, I am classically trained and I did study music theory for like right on. about three, four years. Okay. But I'm not like a freaking virtuoso or I don't have like perfect pitch. And I don't really know how to play piano. I mostly like doing everything on my mouse and my keyboard. Yeah. Okay. That's actually pretty chill. 
Yeah. I mean, I did a Black Midi song. Oh. I literally clicked in every note. Well, I, I was mean, there for like four days but straight. But it worked. I mean, it was okay. It worked for what it was though, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you achieved the essential goal of what you're trying to do with it. You, for experimentation's sake, you achieved it, right? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I achieved it in like the most musical or the most entertaining way. Which is still kind of subjective. Yeah, that's also very true. Like there's a niche for everyone. Everybody likes a different type of music. Yes, There's an audience for almost anything. Very true. (laughs) Yeah. Very true. Yeah. And so that's kind of like the other thing too. Like, you know, not everybody wants these crazy intricate melodies. You know, people like Polyphia or like Chan or whatnot. Oh, yeah. That do like this progressive rock stuff. Like sometimes to some people that's too much. You know, I've noticed that that I need both in my life. Sometimes I need Coldplay, but then other times I need Porcupine Tree, you know, or Chicago. Okay, like, okay. I need or, or King Crimson, whatever, you know. Sometimes I just need something that's really busy and a little over the top, you know, yeah. perceivably over the top, right? But yeah, every now and then I just kind of want to listen to something like Coldplay. I don't really want, I just want to, what was it, veg out? I don't know. <laughs> just lounge around. I just want a straightforward song with strong melody and minimal chord progressions, it does work. But it's how someone does it that really gets me or kind of puts me in a bad place. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that have really strong intentions with their music and their art or their style. Yeah. Then there's other people that do things sometimes borderline accidentally. And sometimes it's great. There's other times where it's like, "Mm," like you don't really know where they're going or what they're trying to do. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I love people like, you know, Radiohead, who are very intentional with a lot of their stuff, even for as experimental as they are. Yeah, I'm going to hold my tongue there because everyone here knows how much we have beat Radiohead into the ground. Okay, so maybe let's take a different name. Yeah. Maybe someone like, I don't know, who who else do you think is pretty experimental? We won't speak Kanye. We won't speak Kendrick. (laughs) We got to do someone else. Okay, um... Well, think about it like this. A lot of people say... No, Portishead is too un... They're not like that well-known. I mean, they're known well. I was going to say Bjork. Bjork? Okay. We use her once. So yes, let's use that. Yeah. So speaking of her, I got a link for her... For pre-sale for her tickets, right? Okay. And they sold out within half an hour, I think it was. Ah, oh, how disappointing. Yeah, I know. And so also... You were, the so you were cheap- very close to possible well, singer. No, because the tickets were like... <laughs> well, yes and no. I really wanted to, but... My budget would have been exceeded. Yes. The cheapest tickets were like $150. Yeah. 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 So maybe not right now. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe in the near future. Or hey, uh, Bjork or some producers, if you're listening to this, uh, I'm a photographer uh, and a videographer. Maybe we could work something out. Or an audio engineer. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, if you have the money and you budget it in, that's great. But a lot of people, I see why it's very difficult for these people not to be able to just go to concerts. Yeah, I mean, I got lucky enough. I went to go see JPEG Mafia How was a that? few weeks ago. Oh, man, that was great. So JPEG Mafia, they're also kind of like 100 gigs, but more like on the rap side of things. Okay, so give me some, uh, what are the styles that they dabble in and maybe who do they sound like? He kind of has like this hyper pop type style with... A very heavy like rap influence to it. And he raps to like all of his music. What's solo rapping? Is it more like? Very yell rappy. Oh, okay. Borderline screaming. Got it. At least live. 
Like, is it studio more like, wise? Is very is it more like Lincoln Park type rap or no? Not quite. Not quite. Not right. Okay. No. So I could show you some of the stuff after if you want. Um, we can do some listening and we can talk. No, about No, they it need after. to know right now. How they, they need sound. to know right now. Yeah, they need to know. I don't I, even I'm, know how I'm to kidding. explain we'll, it. We'll do it another time. Yeah, they can check it out. Yeah, definitely. He if actually, you're listening, you probably have the internet. You could just Google it. Yeah, he just released a new <laughs> album like two, three days ago, I think. All right, and it was it was popping. It's I only listened to like four tracks, but there was some cool stuff there. Okay, some cool, cool stuff going on. So it didn't sound super conventional. No, not really. That sometimes it can be bad, but I think a lot of times unconventional can be really, really. I just I like it. I kind of crave that. His stuff. I mean, I'm gonna say it like this. I'm not a big fan of his stuff, like his recordings and stuff. All right. But I really love his energy and his performance. That goes for something. Yeah, no. And not going to lie, like, I did not like some of his music until after I saw him live. Okay. Which is kind of interesting and weird to say or to think no, about. No, but sometimes that happens. I've had bands where, dude, I know my studio bands, man. Like, I just have bands. I don't care how they sound live. I like them for the studio and that's it. Dragon Force. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some people no, but some people. Oh, that was that was actually a perfect example. I mean, even they know it. Yeah, I was watching a video. I think it was um, it was a video of them playing live, and I think their guitarist is like going ham, and then he falls and flips over or whatever, and oh he's like goodness. lying on the floor. And there's just a video of like some old guy that like a little clip. It's like Dragon Force sucks, and then that's where the video ends. Oh, jeez. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty funny. It's pretty messed up, but it's kind of funny. Yeah. Here's the thing. Their funny. stuff is great. Like, I'm a big fan of power metal. But I also like really niche power metal. Okay. So, like, I like Dragon Force, but I also like people like Unleash the Archers or, like, um, it was kind of like thrash metal, but, like, not as heavy and faster. Yeah. Upping the, the tempo. Yeah. Interesting. I, like, a lot of people would consider that, like, speed metal in a sense. Essentially. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll- I mean, here's the thing. There's a lot of different genres of metal and subgenres. And a lot of them like bleed over or cross over because people like coming up with names for stuff. <laughs> yeah, some of these genres is just about the name. Sometimes I feel like hip hop is too much of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and oh, no. And then every other hip hop band is always like, we're not a band, we're a movement. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. You know what? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, yes. That happens a lot. That even happens a lot in um, rap rock. But it also happens in even, um, unfortunately, reggae. It does sometimes happen, that movement. And it's like, dude, just stop. Oh my well, I mean, <laughs> I would say if there are people with like a lot of influence, like not even just like in the mainstream, like I'm thinking like in their own communities and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Then maybe I could see that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but some people flatter themselves way too much. Yeah, but I mean, there's one group that comes to mind that at first I <laughs> didn't take… One out of many? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't take them very seriously at first. But then I did a little session with them. And their vibe, their feel was really good. Yeah. And they actually weren't even… Like, the main band was two people. Okay. But when they brought in for recordings, they brought in like… People from like their city, people from their school, people from like their church and like all this other stuff. And it, I was getting a feeling of what they were trying to go for. And I could see that as like a, potentially being like a movement versus people that are just like two dudes that are like, oh, yeah, we make beats, but we're making a movement. Oh, no, no. Okay. Yeah, you're right. There's, yeah. a, there's a 
There's a straight up difference. Yeah, between the amount of like influence and care that some people put into their music versus a perceived love and care. You for are one hundred percent wrong. No, you're one hundred percent correct. No, you're totally right. I I agree with that. Yeah, some people they uh, they make these outlandish claims, but they're barely putting ten percent, five percent effort. DJ Khaled. I'm just kidding. Man, I'm just calling people out, aren't I? Dude, okay, so this is great. So DJ Khaled, um, he had a... <laughs> uh, stresses me out, man. Like, okay. you gotta respect the artist, man. But seriously, with these dead artists, right? You know, Kurt Cobain, Bob Marley, all these dead guys and women. Uh, Janis Joplin. Not big on her, but we can talk about that another day. But uh, I'll take Joe Cocker instead. But yeah, he was uh, he has like this guitar that was uh, the Bob Marley guitar or something like that. I think it says Marley on it. And so I can't stand. This is just me personally. And Mitch and I were talking on this. I cannot stand for the life of me this movement or this just the commercialization of you're basically grave robbing people like they're dead. All right. Like that's cool. But then there are these posthumous releases or they'll capitalize on something. Oh, yeah. The Bob Marley beats the Bob Marley guitar. It's like you don't. It's just, I mean, like the Bob Marley it can Yerba, be, Yerba yeah, Mate. It, yeah, oh yeah, Yerba Mate. Like it gets a bit much. It's like, dude, I just, can I just respect this person? I listen to this person's music. And for me, at least for me. It, I, I'll, somebody would argue with you. And I'm not going to argue with tons you. tons of people would argue with you. But they would this. argue with you that this is for the fans. Yeah, it's for the fans. It's not for the person. It's for the fans. It is for the fans. You know, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be like that. But I love the fact that I could just walk into Hot Topic. I like the legacy. I like the fact that we are honoring a person who's passed on like yeah. that. Yeah, and I like the fact that I, like. I could potentially go buy these people's shirts and they're still relevant. Yeah, but doesn't it feel, sometimes it feels a bit disrespectful how much they milk it. Yes. No, That's kind of what I'm getting The amount at. of people that don't even know. And like, here's the thing. I don't want to get to Does a it make sense? Because I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, yeah, okay, so sure. I'm absolutely gatekeeping right here. I don't mean to though. I really mean this out of love for the artist. I don't mean this in a way like you can't do that. Like, no, like I think people, as long, dude, as long as it's not immoral, I don't care. You go ahead, do whatever you want. But I personally feel a particular way toward people who have passed on and the way they milk Jimi Hendrix's image, the way they milk Bob Marley's image, even Michael Jackson's image, even artists that I don't really particularly like. I mean, take a look at, I, I mean, just, an older example would be people much. like Johnny Cash or even Elvis. Yeah, I just feel like, sometimes I feel like it's downright disrespectful. Just sometimes, not all the time. I mean, in Kurt's case, like, Technically, you know, his wife is the one that like continued the legacy and all this other stuff. Right. Okay. So that's <laughs> that's a whole that different. Is, kind I of will worms. not get into that because I can't explain the logistics. Everyone knows I like Hole and they hate me for it, and that's fine. I like Hole and Nirvana, but I mean, I'm also I don't know. I actually kind of enjoy Courtney Love's kind of voice. just just say it, dude. Her voice is sick, man. Yeah. I like it. I but that's also the reason I like why it. I like the Distillers <laughs> because it's not Courtney Love, <laughs> <laughs> right? You can appreciate someone's talents without liking them as an individual. We no, do and also like the aesthetic the and like her cover art and everything. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Dude, dude, like it's just like that almost borderline like wannabe biker aesthetic, you know? Yeah. Not even wannabe. Like it's almost. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're like, it is. Like for the cover <laughs> art, you know? Yeah, dude. No, if someone does something well, I don't care what their stances on things are because we disagree with everyone on so many things. I don't care, dude. Do you do it well is what I ask, you know? And Courtney, she holds her end of it. Whatever you can talk about her stealing from Kurt. I don't know. It's just speculation. It's just fun to watch these documentaries. Did she kill him? I don't know, but it's still interesting to watch this. Yeah. But I am pained to hear that he did die in such 
a unfortunate way, right? You know, so when it comes to that stuff, I feel like oftentimes they do milk the image. And I guess what I was saying about DJ Khaled is I don't know if he was a part of this or he was just kind of opening the box and just telling everyone about it. But there's a video going around with him with like this guitar that was labeled after Marley. This says Marley on it, I think. And this woman like reads like the introduction to like, yeah, what this guitar means. And then like Khaled just like takes out his hand and just like starts like strumming the guitar, you know, E-A-D-G-B-E, right? I think, yeah, I don't know. It's those four, those, those six strings. And maybe he was just being funny, but you know, Khaled is such a meme in so many ways, but yeah. I was also kind of, I found it kind of funny, but that I didn't really find disrespectful. I was just kind of getting on the fact that I feel like no, and then I everything having to be a product after this guy. I mean, one of the things I will say before we get back into that is uh, I rag on a lot of people like jokingly. Yeah. Because to me, like it's kind of like a meme. Like, and I don't mean like any yeah, you do it ironically. disrespect for these You people. do it ironically. Because the other thing is like, you know, I mean, I think we talked about this last week. It was a, uh, we respect the hustle type of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, type of thing. <laughs> I remember like, that. Yeah. We may or may not air that. Yeah. Whether or not we do is uh, up in the air. Yes. We will, so there are no promises, but go on. Yes. Because we low-key talked for like two hours. Two and a half hours, man. Oh, man. And right now we're even… It's okay. We're going to… This is going to be like a 30, 40 minute episode. Yeah. So maybe 25. Maybe. If I'm feeling generous. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the other thing we were going to say is like, you are definitely right. There are people that get milked. When it comes to, you know, their image, their aesthetic. Like, you can literally walk into Walmart and pick up Bob Marley, Nirvana, and all these other people's, like, t-shirts. Metallica, too, for example. Yeah, yeah. They're not even dead. I know. But the other <laughs> thing, too, is, like, you know, like, there's Talk a lot of people master that… master of puppets puppeteering <laughs> these people. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> master. <laughs> yeah, I will… What's, the, what's that other song? You are unforgiven now? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Terrible. Did we just have a beat with some butthead moment? Dude, it's such a good song. It's a great song. But um, I mean, yeah, like people even that are alive get like milked to death, you know? Oh my goodness. Billy's one of them. Here's the thing. I'm not a big fan of her, her style or her music or anything. Yeah. But I do like the creativity and some of the sounds and some of the sampling that her brother does. I like how unconventional they are. That's, that's I wouldn't what even I, say that they're that unconventional. Okay, okay. You're right. You're right. Because there's been people you're that right. have been doing that sound for years on new grounds. <laughs> okay, let me let me just put it this way. There are certain things about Billy that are unconventional that I like. So for, Okay, like what? No, I'm just asking. Part of it, part of it is image. Um, I don't necessarily you like say that, but uh, unicorns of, killed my girlfriend. Okay, no, 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 but but in, a, in, a, in the main, <laughs> no, no, but in the mainstream sense, in the no, mainstream, unicorns ate my girlfriend. So there, there are things about her image in the mainstream. She sense She just looks like that, a female broken side to me. Yes, she does. Do you, you know broken side? No, I mean like, oh, I thought you meant like she was like broken. No, like, no, no, broken oh. side. Let me. Sh <laughs> oh, is this a dude? Right? No, broken side's like two dudes. He's like a crunk core looking dude. She basically just looks like a sad version of like their lead singer, in my opinion. So I'm going to throw... Like, I'm look at that. <laughs> it's like if he was sad. So let me throw... A, so let me throw a yes and no your way. All right? Oh, 100%. I'm totally going to throw a yes and no. this is me just being like a... Like, no, this is good. This is fine. This is fine. So you're absolutely correct about some of the things that you're saying that she's not that unique. But she is just a little bit different. I guess. That's what I'm saying. She's different 
than a lot of what we've had in the mainstream as far as image and everything as a package. But also look at Avril Lavigne. Yeah, they're they're similar. They're, yeah. But they're still different. I mean, I 100% would, would probably always take Avril Lavigne over Billie Eilish. But I mean, that's because I... Let's get something straight here, Greg. I would easily take Avril Lavigne over Billie Eilish. Yeah. What I'm saying is that there are elements of Billie's image and sound and just overall package that I think is different than the Lady Gaga and the the Katy Perry like Madonna or whatever like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's the way that she executes it at least for a year or two, was just a little bit different enough to give me a break of what we've been getting for the past 10, 15 years. Okay. I mean, I can That's what I'm kind of see about, that. But she's not really my favorite. Yeah. Does and again, I'm, I'm roasting, but more like in fun. Like I'm not actually yeah, trying yeah. to be like rude or anything. Oh, it's chill, dude. I, I still like to defend. It's fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is what no, I do. No worries. And I'm also playing like devil's advocate over here too. I, I know you will. I know you will. <laughs> well, I'll do the, I'll, I'll do angel's advocate right back at you. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> it's just fun, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, Actually, we're going to cut it right there because yeah, we I have other stuff we wanted to talk about in future episodes. What, we wanted to talk about gear elitism? Yes, we got a little bit into that, but more into we'll, the cheap side of things. We'll do that more another time. Yeah. Um, but this is your basically, actually, this, is, this will be your first episode. Yeah, this All is right, your first episode. for sure. Episode. I'm down. Dude, every time you laugh and like move up your head, you look like Dave Grohl. It's terrible. <laughs> it's crazy. But yes, we'll have you back next episode. We'll talk again at that time. All of you guys have a great day, great night, whatever. I don't know. It's 5 p.m., 5 a.m. everywhere. So anyway, you guys have a great day. We'll talk later. And here's Greg and peace. Bye.